Let's um, talk about the afterlife. Um, I'll tell you about my essay, maybe. That might be a good yeah. segue into the discussion. Yep. Basically, um, philosophy of religion. Um, the question that I'm answering is, um, does a belief, or is a belief in an afterlife necessitated by theistic belief? And if not, then um, what are other ways that you can understand claims about eternal life? Mm. So I'm arguing that um, you don't have to be, you don't have to believe in an afterlife in order to be a theist or in order to believe in God or religion. Right. Um, and then I'm saying that there's ways that you can experience eternal life during while you're alive on Earth, like during a mortal life. Mm. And then um, if it is the case that um, your mind is separate from your body, then after your body perishes, then potentially your mind could continue and like have an eternal existence, and that doesn't require God to exist. Um, and but the reasons why I'm arguing that's like the last part of the essay. The main body of the essay is like. Um, arguing why you don't have to believe in an afterlife to believe in theism or to be a theist. And basically I'm just like unpacking why belief in an afterlife is like bad kind of. Um, so so what, is, uh, what is the afterlife in this? In terms of theism, because there's many types of theism, <coughs> um, I'm specifically referring to like Western Christian theism, mm. in which the God is an omnipotent, omnibenevolent, um, omniscient being, um, and an afterlife is like I just I'm describing it. I need to kind of refine this to make sure it's all consistent. Um, but I just kind of described it as like continued existence after death. Um, and that you could potentially have multiple afterlives. So you could die and then have another life and then die and then have another life. Or you could just die and then go to heaven and then live for eternity in heaven and that would still be an afterlife. Mm. But um, in the... the first, oh, sorry, you go. I don't know you say. In the New Testament, because yeah. it speaks about like eternal life, like you brought that up, and that yeah. eternal life is like something that you can experience while you're alive. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that because that's something that, that's a paragraph that I haven't really delved into yet. And it's kind of hard because this is like mysticism stuff, so it's not really based off logic mm. or like logical arguments where you've got like premise, premise, conclusion. Well, it kind of is, but it doesn't, it doesn't really follow logic as much. It's more like it's mystical. It's more about experience and intuition. Mm. And well, what, yeah, what do you think about eternal life while being alive? Or what have you read? Yeah. Or, yeah what are your well, that's what that, that sermon was that I was going to send you. Right. I need to send you. He's talking about eternal life. And he's mm. saying that in order to even have eternal life after death, you have to first embrace it while you're alive. Um, mm. And does he define what it is? 
Well, from what I gather, and that's not just him, but also other people have said that, like, eternal life is distinct from immortality because immortality is it's bound against time. So mm. if you live an immortal life, then you're, you just live indefinitely throughout time. Yeah. Um, whereas an eternal life exists like either beyond time or like within time. So regardless of whether time exists, it, it, like it doesn't account for the existence of time. Mm. So as in like God is eternal because God doesn't have an end or a beginning. Um, it just, God just exists. So if it's possible to um, associate with some or like re reach some sort of timeless existence whilst you're alive then it's possible to have an eternal or like experience eternity whilst you're alive mm -hmm. um, well when sorry continue no, you say, you say. when I was reading a bit about yeah. this idea of eternal life yeah. um I guess I was, I was looking at um, like Zoroastrian beliefs and thoughts about heaven and hell and afterlife, yeah. and it's like kind of similar and eternal life as well, like during life, compared to reincarnation yeah. and things like that, and um, yeah. it looks at like comparing comparing hell to like a Christian belief where yeah. it's like an eternal place of, I guess, like suffering. Yeah. Um, the Zoroastrian belief is that it's not eternal, like eternal is, it's like, it's still called eternal, but it's yeah. like waves of eternity and that you can, you can leave eternity. Um, okay. So it's like, it's actually a temporary, like a cycle and, and you can be reborn into, um, like another life outside of that and similarly like heaven is like that as well but it's like eternal progress um, uh, oh, and okay. yeah so I guess Wait. I started thinking of it like this concept of eternal life within like being alive more as like a metaphor so like eternity could be something that you can kind of jump in and out of I guess yeah I think that's the idea it seems like that's the idea that so it's more of a metaphor for like rebirth of maybe like yourself or your ego or um, like moving between um, sin, like pain, suffering, greed, lust and stuff like yeah. that. And this thing that you read. Oh, these are just my ideas. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, okay. so, so moving between like those. And yeah. then moving between, like, kindness and benevolence. I don't know, like, ideas of heaven or the opposite of sin, whatever that is. Yeah, well... And then, like, yeah, being constantly reborn uh, while yeah, you're alive. Because yeah. the other life. definitions of eternity that I found, because there's, like, eternity is this timeless existence. But mm. um, the way that you reach that timeless existence um, is by um, kind of have, reaching moral perfection. 
So it's when you are as good as God is, is like when you have reached the same goodness that God is, um, then you will experience an eternal life um, because God is eternal. Mm. Um, and like whilst an immortal life is it's about time, it's about the quality of life. So it's about it's it's not it doesn't worry about how long you live. It's about how good your life is, um, and an eternal life is a life that is as good as it can possibly be. And once it reaches as good as it can possibly be, then it exists beyond time itself. And so, what this sermon guy was saying, and some other people have said, is like you need to look internally and channel like channel an inner love and goodness. And if you embrace that and then put that out into the into the universe and into the world, then it's your existence becomes less about progress, like less about moving through time and more about existing in the present. Mm. Like if you exist eternally in the present, then you're not relying on the future you're not you don't exist in regards to the past or the future you exist only mm. in the present what are the morals and, that define that good life the quality of life like an eternal good like a morally perfect life yeah because i read like also that to i guess to experience eternal life there was something about yeah. um something about like God saving those that found yeah. God or something and those that didn't, you know, would forever live in sin. And like, so it seems like... Well, that's kind of one of the issues that I had with it because one of the reasons why there is an afterlife that, that a lot of these claim, um, God's like huge plan for all of his creations, like every single person to eventually be saved and to reach eternal life. Um, and that an afterlife, like going to purgatory or extending a life in your afterlife, mm. gives you an etern- like a uh, kind of immortal, like endless amount of time for you to uh, like suffer character building, which leads you closer to moral perfection so because your time on earth isn't long enough for you to reach moral perfection and experience an eternal life this is according to other theists who don't believe that you can experience eternal life while you're alive Mm. um then an afterlife is necessary to continue that moral purification but at the same time what i'm kind of arguing and kind of the struggle that i have with that is that like the nature of God's goodness is unknown, like mm. it's invisible. So, um, it's like I don't know. It's impossible to know, or or to yeah, it's impossible to know how to ever reach that moral goodness, or like what to base it off of. Mm. Um, and I think that an eternal life could be maybe something that's more like a personal relationship mm. with 
with your own earthly experiences, whether you believe in a higher being or not, it's more spiritual and that it's like looking inwards. It definitely like seems like a better concept, especially for a secular society or like, you know, yeah. the, the movement of society. Like it seems like a better idea than the, the afterlife, um, yeah. like heaven, hell, like eternal life during life. Like I was reading something else, sim- like some kind of sermon type thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, he was speaking about how that it's not good enough to kind of sit around during this life and Jesus didn't just die to, you know, rid us of the sins and that, you know, like it's not good enough to just sit around and sin and then ask for yeah. apology. And that, yeah. you know, like, and that you would just go to heaven for that. Like, you have to work for this eternal life, you know, like, to find the relationship with God. Like, it yeah. seems like, it definitely seems like a better idea than afterlife, because at least then yeah. people well, are. If any, um, yeah, and that's like a final point that I made about, like, if God is omnibenevolent, if God wants the best for all of his creations, then... I actually think that an afterlife would be a less desirable existence because mm. not only would an afterlife um, in like, there, I don't think there's any way that an afterlife, unless it was just like slightly, a slightly extended existence or experience of this life, I don't see how it could be desirable or at least not undesirable because if you had an afterlife that, where it was like pure hedonism, mm. then everything that was, if you, like say for example you're in heaven and all of your desires just were were given to you, granted immediately, then eventually those things would become unfulfilling and mm. pleasure would be like your neutral state and then it wouldn't, like there would be no progress. Mm. Or then if you just have like a purely extended life, then even though you might have a lot more time to fulfill all of the goals that you wanted to fulfill when you were on earth, then eventually that life will become tedious and and boring as well, which would become a painful existence. Mm. Um, and then, if anything, being aware of the finitude of death, but also being aware that it is still possible to experience eternal life in the small amount of time that we do have on earth, I think it not only gives a lot more urgency to the experiences and our decisions that we make now by causing us to do things with a greater sense of purpose because we know that we we won't be saved at the end of it. Mm. Um, I think that's a kind of thing and probably a more desirable thing and more realistic. Mm. And I think that the reason why a lot of people, a lot of theists have appealed to the idea of an afterlife is out of fear and in, and of the unknown and and the mystery of death. Um, but I think God has created, if God exists, whatever God is, has created a lot of things that he supposedly loves, like animals and plants and things, and he allows those things to perish, perish as well and die as well. Um, so why would human beings also be exempt from that? Maybe mm. it's just like another evil that we have to suffer. 
which brings me to the next point, which is if we're all free human beings, which is why there is evil, um, and, a, and a benevolent God would grant us free will because it's it's kinder than making us all robots. Eventually, mm. we also have the, cho- the, the free choice to choose to reject God and not be saved. But the idea that we will all reach eternal life, which is why character building is important and an afterlife is important to reach eternal life, Mm. That completely rejects free will because yeah. it, it says that no one can escape the divine call of God. Mm, that is interesting. So you're saying that yeah. by giving us free will, we have the option to reject being saved and yeah. living in the eternal bliss or whatever. Yeah. Like, if I have free will, if God has granted me free will, mm. then technically I should be allowed to choose and God should accept that I can freely choose to live a life of sin mm. and and live an eternity of, like, damnation and hell, suffering that sin, <laughs> and that there will never be any progress and that I'll never be saved. Is that Even your choice, Mel? <laughs> my aim. <laughs> your choice in life (laughs) yeah that's that is yeah that's complicated (laughs) yeah um what about so if if that is like i guess more of a metaphor eternal life yeah for you know this a rebirth of like your spiritual self or your you know yeah just like yourself your ego what the eternal life is a rebirth of the spiritual self. Possibly, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> write that. Down, write that down. Um, what about? So, if if you look at it more, you know, in a material sense of literal afterlife, you know, that yeah. when your body dies, how do you think that fits into it? Like your matter, your actual existence, you know, like consciousness. What even? Where is the line between life and death? Yeah. Consciousness. Because that's true as well. Like, um, maybe death is just an illusion. Mm. Well, like, life, um, I mean, as well. <laughs> like, what is the difference between between being alive and being dead? And how, you know, is it defined by consciousness? Is it defined by... By your body. By your body maybe? or your, you know, is... And what is the difference between your body and your spirit? If there is a spirit and if there is a body, is there any difference? Yeah. And because, like, the concept of an afterlife generally seems to denote a life, like the continuation of life after the the death of the body. Um. So, like, in the term of the in the word itself, afterlife seems to suggest that the life is is the body um but like even all the way back to Socrates and and like Descartes and stuff there was the there's the idea of that the the mind is separate and that we have a immaterial soul um so if you think of like a timeline of existence perhaps the soul is innately eternal and that the experience that we have on earth is 
like a um it's like your soul is kind of popping into a temporal existence by attaching itself to a material body um and that when the material body perishes the the mind returns back to its eternal state um so there's not really any death there's just like the the creation of something material and then the mm. the the perishability the perish perishing of that material body but the mind itself remains intact the entire time what 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 about um i guess just even this whole idea of consciousness yeah. spirit and soul of a human being yeah um i mean if you look at what we're made of it's quite clear now that we're made of the same thing as everything else yeah um and so yeah, does a little bit <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's 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 a valid point i think to yeah. raise that mm. i mean is this whole idea of like eternal life afterlife you know just like a human a human idea like a human concept a human like like is it well, is it eternal uh, is it like all does it does it encompass all life or is it just is for it human, human life does it just apply to human beings yeah um, yeah, well, that's what I was saying before, like, God allows other animals and other creations to perish. Mm. So why should a human be any different? Why should a human experience an afterlife? Mm. So I think that's kind of why I like what you said about how an eternal life is more of a metaphor for your own experience mm. and your own understanding. Um mm. And it's more about like a quality of life where you are less associated with the passing of time and more associated with the present experience of goodness and and like self-awareness. Mm. But to a point where your material body is not is also not a part of that existence, like ego death almost. Mm. Where do you think these ideas sit outside of? theism or like this Christian idea what do you mean do you think there's a way for other people to access this rebirth concept of ego and self like I feel you know meditating yeah is a similar concept as to like you know, learning about your uh, sin I guess and yeah. you know well, those emotions of consuming and material and body and like separation of mind and body and um you know like moving between heaven and hell and yeah. yeah like yeah i was gonna say um i think it's like i think meditation is probably one of the most accessible ways to make sense of it for a lot of people who aren't theists um, like I, you hear about, I, I haven't had much experience with meditation, but you hear about people who meditate and they're able to sit in the same position for hours and hours, kind of like sleeping almost. Like when we go to sleep, 
we go to sleep and then we wake up and it feels like uh, an instant. Mm. But hours and hours have passed and it's the same for people who experience meditation. Mm. And that kind of existence, that experience is isn't a temporal existence. Like it kind of exists beyond time. Mm. And in that sense it is eternal, even though it still is only a a small moment and it is therefore limited by time. Mm. Within those confinements, if you look at it in itself, it is eternal because during that experience you're not aware of time and time doesn't affect you, so you might be able to sit in the same position um, where your bodily functions are kind of also being manipulated and changing um, to behave in a way that they they go so slowly that you don't even feel hungry and you could be sitting there for 12 hours and not move or not need to go to the bathroom or not need to drink. Mm. It'd be interesting to try that because, I mean, yeah. I meditate. Like this morning I was meditating. Yeah. I meditate for like 20 to 30 minutes. And, I mean, even that is quite difficult for me. Yeah. But, yeah, there are some points where, you know, I kind of I feel like I'm unconscious or like I'm just about like it's just above being asleep. When you wake up, yeah. you don't feel like you've slept, but you definitely feel like you've been unconscious and yeah, something yeah. like time. I think has it. Passed. I mean, I think it takes a lot of practice, a lot of practice. Hmm. Um, because we're so distracted by things, like even distracted by even the most experienced people will be distracted by their own heartbeat or breathing Mm. or the feel of a rug underneath them while they're meditating. So does that mean that, I mean, this idea that you're saying that it's supposed to be separate to material and our, like, daily experience? Um. Can you live in this eternal life, like, being material, being you know, consumer, being a human living in this world. Is it even possible, you know, or is it just something that... I think for theists, perhaps, because for theists, I think their their idea of eternal life is less to do with an existence that... an existence beyond time and more to do with their relationship with God and the quality of God. So for a lot of theists who, I can't remember who it is, like what branch of Christianity it is, but I think it's like one of the newer ones where it's like we're living in the new world at the moment and therefore we are all living an eternal life. Um... And or we all have the capability of living an eternal life, and the way that we fulfil that is by um, sharing the word of God and sharing His love and stuff. And just by sharing that, you're kind of sharing His eternity and embracing His inter- His eternity and living an eternal life. Um, but I don't know if that is truly eternal. Hmm. I mean, I read about having like to achieve this you have to have it's all about having a relationship with god like pretty much what you just said but to know god that's the word that they use to know god 
And they yeah. speak about having a relationship, an intimate relationship with God. And I mean, like, yeah. what does that, you know, what does that even mean? Like how, yeah. what would you, like, what is the definition of God? Yeah. What do you think in this context? Like, how can you have well, a relationship with God that allows you to, like, who's the, who judges it? Is it just you? Do you just judge? I have a relationship with God and then you're living an eternal life. You know, could I just say right now, I have a intimate relationship with God. If, you know, I believe God is everything. Therefore, I have a relationship with everything because I am everything. Yeah. And therefore I am, you know, living an eternal life because I have oh, an intimate the relationship. Boundary life. Mm. Between knowing God and claiming that you know God. Exactly. It feels like, I mean, like pretty much what you said, There's, it's difficult to find logic in this because it's like a circle. It is. It is. With yeah, no it's definite. It's all just about based on like personal experience. Mm. Um, so maybe going back to like more of a scientific idea about matter, death, life. Yeah. If you, so what would you say is like, the beginning of life? Um, like a material life? Or maybe even a spiritual? Does spirit come with material? This is something I've struggled with a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like to think that um, consciousness is kind of all around us. And when we're conceived it's like the universe having an experience of that consciousness in the material sense mm. um, and then that goes on and has its own life and then it dies and then that little part of consciousness returns back to the greater consciousness of the world mm. so like a similar concept to matter but in, yeah in Consciousness. So just as like the matter returns to all of the other bits of matter, mm, or the energy, the, the consciousness, yeah. yeah, the consciousness or the energy kind of returns to the greater consciousness of the entire, like shared consciousness, which maybe is God. Because the way, so, like, yeah. there was um, maybe that's a good way of describing it. Mm. There was um a good text that I read about what an eternal life or eternal existence would be, mm. and because God's ultimate plan is that everyone experiences this. Mm. And, like, if you try and imagine what that would look like or what that would feel like, he's saying it wouldn't be, like, billions and billions of souls, like, bunched up against one another, living alongside one another. It would be every single soul pretty much combined together in a unified existence, like symbiotically bouncing off one another like kind of one entity almost mm. so everything kind of joins together like returns back to the initial consciousness mm. like God was the initial consciousness and from God um, lots of other consciousnesses were like consciousness, consciousnesses <laughs> were created yeah. and then um, through their experience on earth they returned back and return back to an eternal life. Mm. Do you think it's dangerous 
to have this idea of heaven and hell and it spending eternity. Yeah. And there's no, you know, there's no rule saying you have to strive. Well, it's like it's it's self-defeating in a way because there's um, the argument that, um, like, the afterlife exists as a form of justice. So if you've been a bad person during this life, then you'll be punished or you'll be rewarded if you've been a good person. Mm. Um, But if at the end of everything everyone will be saved anyway, then why not just live a a life of self-indulgence and suffering? Maybe the the point is, though, that you will still have to endure that suffering in hell, which will be very unpleasant. So it is better just to live a righteous life now and shorten the, the length of, like character building required to reach eternal life Mm. Um, do you think that it's sad to live in fear for your whole life yeah and at the same time I also think that um, if I did something good if I did a morally good act purely because I wanted to help someone um, like purely based on the goodness of the act itself and not because I was afraid of being punished for not doing that or or I was hoping that I would be rewarded in the afterlife for it, then I think acting purely out of the goodness of the act itself is more desirable and more virtuous than doing it because of um, my fate during the afterlife. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So where do you think consciousness lies because I mean you were saying before that kind of like free will was given to humans and why do we get this choice and why do we why can we go to heaven and hell and have an eternal life is that because yeah is that because we have consciousness and maybe I think also like, there's the argument that we're created in God's image. Mm. Um, so therefore, um, he wants us to, well, we're, we're more, more capable of reaching eternal life than any other creations because we are created in his image. And also, like you're saying, that consciousness, like we are self-aware as well. We're self-aware of, and capable of... Um, like self-consciousness. So having a life where we're not able to freely choose would be cruel. Mm. It's interesting because there's no proof that other things don't have consciousness. And if you think about it, every day we're living and the majority of our bodily functions happen without a consciousness. Yeah. Well, no, I think, I think animals do have free will as well. Right. It's just they don't, um, I think every, uh, I don't know, well, supposedly the universe is deterministic, according to other scientists, which does make a lot of sense. Mm. So free will doesn't exist at all. But I think if free will existed for humans, then it would exist for animals as well. I think the main difference is that human beings are aware of the consequences more than animals are, because like we're capable of thinking 
more complexly further ahead and planning things. Mm. And we're more, like, emotionally developed. And do you think, you know, multi-cell or single-cell organisms may not be? May not be what? Free? Conscious and Um, able to make decisions and care about their afterlife? Probably not. Mm. So they're just, (laughs) like... Little robots that do what they're supposed to. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like consciousness is everywhere. Mm. And that it, it expresses itself through certain vessels that have the capability of, of being vessels for consciousness, like human beings or some animals. Mm. Seems like it, it seems like we're putting animals and humans on a pedestal. <laughs> Yeah. You know, just because it's what we know, you know. But bacteria isn't of the same level. Yeah, or even, you know, an atom or a proton or an electron or or anything, or even matter that we don't know about or energy that we don't know about. Yeah. You know, does that have any controlling factor to our life and our consciousness? And it seems almost like irrelevant if we go to heaven or hell (laughs) it's more of a moral kind of guideline or a moral rule to keep us in check in this life and it seems Mm. you know i like the i like the idea of rebirth during life rather than during you know in an afterlife because it it makes more sense for a society to be able to constantly develop like waves of you know rebirth rather than a rather than being reborn in new lives like being able to be reborn in this life constantly definitely seems like a better concept to live by yeah i agree Mm. Mm. cool (laughs) 